You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 1st. That's right. We're feeling a little fooly today. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Uh, my name, of course, is your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, and most importantly, Just Baseball, where I am a staff writer. All my content is usually there lately. Really good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for the show's official account. And on today's show, firstly, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, making Lockdown Padres your hashtag for us listen every day. Here's the thing. We got to talk about Brian Reynolds. And what the funny thing is about this, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about Brian Re- I'd say the most talked about non-Padres in my opinion, for the last bunch of months, have been Brian Reynolds, Nick Castellanos, and probably, let's see here, what was the other outfield? Maybe a little Michael Conforto pushed by yours truly, but I'd say those are like the top players that have been talked about the most, right? So this is going to be the Brian Reynolds episode. We're going to be talking about it because there was a report from Bob Nightingale You know, uh, so maybe take that a little bit with a grain of salt, uh, as I've been saying with a lot of people. Take all these reports that are, in in terms of the the key words, right? Discussions, and engaged in talks, and reportedly, and interested in. Those kind of key words, take them with a grain of salt. It's not that reporters are lying. They certainly aren't. It's more that, well, how much should we put into this? But that being said, Bob Nightingale tweeted uh, earlier yesterday. I should say, as my Twitter app just closes at the perfect time because life and the world loves me. But basically, he uh, tweeted word for word, the San Diego Padres have engaged in trade talks this spring with the Pittsburgh Pirates in an attempt to acquire all-star outfielder Brian Reynolds. The Padres have pitching depth, and young pitchers Chris Paddock and Ryan Weathers have been mentioned in discussions. Okay, so... Wow. I mean, that that's a big bomb drop. And then Kevin Acey also weighing in saying discussion regarding Reynolds is not new. Um, and it shows that maybe more talks have progressed. And like I said, we've talked about Brian Reynolds a lot. I talked with Ethan Smith, uh, host of Lockdown Pirates back in the day, about it. And he says that he's not going anywhere. Um, and then Jason Mackey, who is a reporter who covers a little bit of the old Pittsburgh stuff, said, in terms of Reynolds, I think it's important to draw a line between engaged in trade talks and actively looking to trade a player. However, Pirates have done this with a half dozen or so teams. That plus arbitration stuff should probably tell us something about how they see his future here. So, basically it's all to say, let's first talk about Reynolds himself, right? First of all, as a player, he is basically, by every kind of prognosticator that you could find, He's at minimum a top 15 outfielder in baseball, at minimum right now, because he's a pretty good defensive player, and he's a wonder with the bat. And maybe that, you, you might initially say, oh, well, you know, what's going on here, man? He only he had 24 home runs. That doesn't sound like, like, what the heck? You know what I mean? The, the, the Jake Cronenworth practically almost had 20, 24 home runs. But the key here is that he combines an excellent walk-to-strikeout ratio with power and with great on-base skills. That's what makes him so great. You look at his first year, too. He wasn't just a one-hit wonder. 
in terms of his 2021 season. His first year, he had an 8% walk rate, which wasn't amazing, but only a 22.2% strikeout rate, and all of that resulting in a slash line that was outstanding over the course of 135 games, 314, 377, 503, good for a WRC plus of 130. That's right, guys. So if you keep and take into account the fact that, you know, it's not like Pittsburgh's the best lineup in the world. You know what I mean? And that's something to be mentioned here. It's not like they have a whole lot of stuff to protect him. He performed, man. He performed really good. And like I've said on before, weighted runs created plus. It's a nice stat to just tell you how in a vacuum, if you take out the park factors, if you take out defense and all that type of stuff, how good is the player? 100 is an average sort of major league at bat. Anything above that is better. He's 30% better than your average major league player in terms of his offense, and that's great. It resulted in a 3.2 F4 season, and that was his first year in the majors. Last year, or I should say the year after that, 2020, took a step back. He was just a mess, but as we've all learned, his strikeout rate just went to the ceiling, 27%, and then his walk rate did increase, but nonetheless... It was 2020, guys. Jose Altuve was bad that year. Will Myers was a top 10 outfielder. I think he was like third in the league in slugging percentage. Like that guy was amazing. Hitting every ball just like absolutely clutch all the time with Will Myers. Not to hate on the guy, but clearly overperformed. And we've seen that with a lot of players. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of guys that overperformed that year, a lot that underperformed, and then did better this year. Marcus Simeon, remember him? That's why he only got a one-year deal, because he had a meh 2020 season, and Oakland, being the cheapskates they are, didn't give him enough of a deal. Toronto did, and now he's making millions over with the Texas Rangers. So don't put too much into 2020. And then 2021 is really what cemented his stats. This is the he has arrived moment. 26 years of age, Brian Reynolds had an 11% walk rate, and it's 18.4% strikeout rate. That is minuscule over the course of 159 games. An absolutely unbelievable season. Good for a WRC plus of 142. If you're curious about the slash line, 302, 390, 522. He did smack 24 home runs. And the ceiling by basically all, by all accounts is it's only one way to go, and that's up, right? 5.5 F4 last year. That's just excellent. That's a star outfielder in the making at 26 years old. And like I said, this isn't say... You know, maybe you're wondering, well, Adam Frazier, he had like an all-star kind of breakout season. Yes, but Adam Frazier every year before that was basically just always your average major league player, right? This is a new guy, basically, who's burst onto the scene ever since 2019, and he was excellent last year. And he's a nice plus defender. He's not leading the league necessarily in defensive run saved. This isn't necessarily your Tyler O'Neill, your Jackie Bradley Jr. or anything like that. But he's certainly better than a lot of the defensive players that the Padres have had over the last decade when it comes to the outfield. All right. Grisham might be the only one I could think of that's really been like a really plus plus defender. So when you take it from that perspective, Brian Reynolds is awesome. Right. We don't really need to discuss that all that much. There's a reason why people have been talking about him. Right. And his name's coming up and you might be wondering, well, if he's such an amazing player, why the heck do the Pittsburgh Pirates have him on the market? It's a great question. And I think the short answer is that the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. There's probably a good chance that they don't plan on extending him, right? And if they don't plan on extending him because they're cheapskates, that means they probably are going to trade him, right? They probably figured, you know what? We don't want to extend him. He's going to make too much money in free agency or whatever, so that's not happening. And we also don't want to extend him because we're the Pittsburgh Pirates, and what we like to do year after year is hope that every single prospect breaks out at the same time, and then we'll have a two, three-year window, and then we just trade everybody, and then we reset. It's a problem with Major League Baseball. It shouldn't be accounted for. And to be honest with you, I do feel bad, but if you were one of those fans, here's my take of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my take of the day. You ready for this? 
if you were one of those people complaining about the lockout, right, and getting mad at the players and whatnot, and you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, and you were one of those type of people, that type of team that doesn't spend money, I don't want to hear a peep out of you. You know why? Because this is the type of thing the players are trying to fix. Why is it that teams aren't spending more? There should be more a higher salary floor. What about system manipulation? No, no, no. You guys were all complaining. Bring back the baseball. Stop, be, stop being selfish. Well, they brought it back. You know what I mean? And they made some improvements. Let's not make any mistake there. But I don't want to hear you guys, some of you guys with these teams that don't spend, complaining. You know what I'm saying? Because this is what they were trying to do. You guys clearly showed that you were that you were ready to cross the picket line. That you were cool with that. You were like, I want my baseball back. Even though we were still in the spring training era. It's not like we were missing major league games yet. That's just a little bit of a side thing. Before we get into more about Brian Reynolds, guys, and the trade talks and what it might cost to get him for the Padres, I need to talk to you about something. Something that is going to cost you, but oh boy, it'll be worth it. Those are the best protein bars in all the land, ladies and gentlemen. They're called Built Bars. I've been talking about them for months. <laughs> years. Years even. And they're great. I love them. They're so yummy. And they're protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. Check this out. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And you compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and you are rolling. You're rolling. And on top of all that, they're really, really, really good. I don't don't make this up, guys. You know me. I give it to you straight here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. All right? White chocolate cookies and cream. They got coconut almond, mint brownie. They got apple almond crisp, cherry barcia, peanut butter brownie. They've got whatever flavor you could want. That's what I like about them. They're kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of protein bars. Super yummy and so much variety in their flavors. So what are you waiting for? Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, guys, remember, as always, remember to make Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we're about to be talking about prospects. All right? We're going to be talking about a little bit of prospect stuff in regards to Brian Reynolds. So be also sure to go check out the Lockdown MLB Prospects podcast. Really good stuff by my guy, Lindsey Crosby. We recently talked about C.J. Abrams, and we also somewhat recently talked about Kenzie Gore. All the prospect stuff, go find that on the YouTube channel or on your podcast feed, wherever you guys want to look. Go check that out on this feed. Uh, really good stuff. So let's talk about that. What would it take to get Brian Reynolds? Bob Nightingale mentions Chris Paddock and Ryan Weathers. And I think that a key thing that needs to be discussed here is, in fairness, the Padres do have pitching depth. Yes, you have the one through four probably figured out. We talked about this, and we're probably going to talk about this on Monday's episode, comparing the Padres' rotation to the rest of the NL West. And maybe even amongst all of baseball, to be honest with you. You got Blake Snell. You got you Darvish, you got Joe Musgrove, you got Mike Clevenger. Clevenger maybe a little bit of an innings limit. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. He might have some of those starts where they pull him after four innings. That might happen, right? Just because he is coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, and don't worry about him getting lit up in spring training. I'm not worried about that. I'm just not. I'm not. And Blake Snell, apparently, by the way, uh, yesterday's game, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, struggled a little bit. Uh, he, he kind of, you know... The, the Blake Snell thing that happens sometimes is that he only gets through like three innings with 80 pitches. You know what I mean? He takes a lot of pitches to get through stuff. It's, it's, it's the big chink in his armor. And hopefully he gets a little bit better. But anyway, you got those four guys. And then you've got a mishmash of all these question marks, right? You have Nick Martinez, who looked good, by the way. 
who looked good. I actually rewatched my episode um, from a while back when I talked about the, the Nick Martinez signing, and I did say that I didn't get it. I still don't quite get it, but more importantly, what I will rephrase is maybe I was being a little bit too hard. You know what I mean? It has been years since his major league uh, sort of um, outing. I still am not optimistic that this guy's going to be some sort of ace, but I do think he's an improvement in terms of the depth of the team. I think he's a better option than guys I've had before. And most importantly, you know, it's not the end of the world if he's not, you know, perfectly amazing. And, you know, maybe he learned something over in Japan. Maybe he, you know, he's increased his velocity and all that stuff. We'll have to see. I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I don't know. I, I just, I'm not sure if that's an, a, 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 a move you had to make because I also didn't necessarily understand the contract, which was very not team friendly in a sense because of all the options, right? The fact that he has all these options that you can, he can stay there if he stinks for a while. And then if he's better, he can just opt out after year one and go get a big contract with somebody else. So we'll have to see. But anyway, um, you know, so you've got Nick Martinez, then you've got Denelson Lamette, then you've got Chris Paddock, then you've got Ryan Weathers, and then you've also got Mackenzie Gore, who's looked pretty sharp in the friggin' uh, spring training. I almost cursed there. In uh, spring training so far, throwing all these plus pitches. Talked about this on um, Wednesday's episode. You guys can go check that out. He looks great. Velocity is upticking. The confidence seems there. It's really exciting. So with that surplus of pitching, with Paddock, Martinez, Lamette, Weathers, you know, Martinez, all these guys, right? It makes sense that those are probably the type of guys that the Padres would be looking to trade because their rotation is kind of set. Don't get me wrong. In the future, we're going to have to see what happens. Joe Musgrove becomes a free agent, and so does Mike Clevenger, so we'll have to see how that pans out, right? It's not like they're solidified forever, but that that is worth mentioning, guys. That's one reason why trading Mackenzie Gore would be a little scary because then you don't know what happens in the next offseason. So I could see them trading those pitchers, any combination of them, right? I think Paddock is a guy that while... Some teams may say, oh my God, we don't want him. I do think Major League Scouts, they might be looking around and saying his changeup was a plus pitch for basically the first three years of his career. I should say first two years of his career. He has the stuff, maybe even a bullpen guy, but I think that a lot of teams look at the Padres and say, we can do better with their pitchers than they do. I think that's how teams view it. Could just be me. Maybe I'm wrong. Call me an idiot in the comments if you want to. So I still think those guys have value. But Paddock and Weathers alone, and I was tweeting about this today, or I should say yesterday on the account. And basically, my takeaway is this. It's going to cost a lot more than that. You know what I'm saying? Brian Reynolds, like I said, is a top-level player. And also on top of that, he has four years of control. The club control is what's key here. It's not like this is a rental. No, if the Padres were to trade for Brian Reynolds, hey, maybe by the time you're listening to this episode, they might have traded for um, Brian Reynolds. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not totally impossible, right? That would be like your future left fielder for years to come. You know what I mean? Or right fielder if, if um, you know, Myers comes off the books after next year. That would be your outfielder for a little bit. So that does need to be brought up in these conversations, right? And then on top of that, right, on top of the club control, on top of having a great player, the Padres are also in desperate need of outfield help. That is a big thing, right? Yes, you have Robert Hassel in the minor league system, and he looks great. And by all accounts, based on who I've been talking to, based on reports, based on people you guys have probably been listening to, He's probably going to send even more by factor of the fact that, you know, top 100 prospects, some of them are going to debut this year. We're going to have a whole new list. You know what I'm saying? Adley Rutschman will debut this year. CJ Abrams will probably debut at some point. Um, guys like that, you know, Spencer Torkelson, Bobby Witt Jr., those type of players, right? So by factor of that, he's going to move up in prospect list. So he's expected to be a top level guy um, in the system, um, especially when we get updated as the year kind of goes along. But aside from that, you got Grisham, 
You have Myers coming off the books. And then there's a lot of question marks, right? Jerks and Profar, yeah, but is he a plus player? He seems more like he's a bench platoon guy. You know, I don't know if necessarily he's the guy you want playing left field as a starting left field for a team that has championship aspirations, right? So there's a lot of questions with the outfield. And that's why um, Brian Reynolds would make so much sense. But I really think that you'd be looking at some sort of godfather offer. I think that the Padres, if you take into account the fact that Brian Reynolds has four years of control and he always looks like, and he already looks like an established potential star that we're just not talking about yet necessarily on the more mainstream level because he's in Pittsburgh. Not to hate on Pittsburgh, or well, I did hate on Pittsburgh before the end of the break. So yes, to hate on Pittsburgh, I will say, uh, you know, the RBI totals won't jump out at you, right? He's not going to be in these MVP conversations, but for a winning team, that means a lot. You know what I mean? He's going to be a plus player for whoever ends up getting him, if anyone ends up getting him. And the Pirates, they just like to be in perpetual rebuild. But it's going to cost a lot, man. It's going to cost a whole, whole lot. And, you know, the question is, tell this episode, are we sure the Padres should be trading for him? Right? I'm just seeing stuff on Twitter, you know, saying you give Mackenzie Gore, um... Josh Mears, Chris Paddock, Ryan Weathers, and Robert Hassel. Unfortunately, that's probably something that that's probably something along the lines of what the deal would look like. Is it fair? It's fair from Pittsburgh's perspective. For the Padres, it's like, I mean, do we really want to get rid of Mackenzie Gore right when he's starting to look good again? Right when we're starting to get excited? This is a guy that was getting Kershaw comparisons, right? He was getting, I forgot his name on the Phillies um, comparisons. A Hall of Fame pitcher. I forgot his name right now. I'm not great with the pre, you know, 1990s baseball like legends and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I, I forget them. My apologies, guys. But he's been getting some insane comparisons and he looks awesome on the mound. All right. The question is, do you want to make that trade? That's the big question. And before we get into whether or not officially I think the Padres should make this trade, giving a little bit more talk on that and whatnot, guys, let me quickly talk to you about something that I know you should get into. Maybe not know. But I know it's the place to go to if this is what you're into, guys. That's betting. All right. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams. And we've got the Final Four Championship Weekend, uh, or week, I should say. And BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it. They got you covered, man. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. It's the NBA, all right? You know, not just college. You got the NBA, too, you know? There's going to be some futures bets. There's also sort of Luke Voigt. His home run total is around, like, 25. Maybe you could check that out over at BetOnline. You want to hit the over? Because I am certainly thinking of it, guys. They've got you covered on all the sports and whatnot. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline where the game starts. As always, guys, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Should the Padres trade for Mackenzie Gore? Here's what I'll say. And this is what I tweeted, um, and I kind of stand by it. I basically tweeted, look, obviously Brian Reynolds would be a great fit for the Padres, the defense, they need the left, the outfield depth and whatnot. But... I'm also cautious because what it may cost to get this guy, this would be the Padres blowing up the farm again. Almost, that would be the third year in a row, basically, that they've been trying to blow up the farm. More or less. 
more or less. You guys get kind of what I'm going for. If you go back to 2020, that's what I'm really saying. This would be year three that you blow up the farm. And here's the thing. I, I get it. But on some level, I think that it's unfair for people to constantly criticize A.J. Preller, uh, Padres GM, for depleting the farm system. And then you want him to do it again. So it's it's kind of like this thing where, all right, if you want him to keep doing that, he could keep doing that. He's not been shown to be afraid. This was one of the best farm systems in the history of baseball. And now it's just like a good farm, not an elite farm. It's not up there with Seattle or Baltimore. Heck, even the Texas Rangers are starting to develop a little bit of a farm. Shout out Jack Leiter, right? So that, heard that guy is pretty special. Number one overall pick um, in this past year's draft. So you have that. Right? Do you want to do this again? May I remind you that the Padres lately have not quite been winning their trades. Now, I'm hopeful that the Trent Grisham trade is just, at most, it's going to be a stalemate, right? Because Luis Arias, I actually like over at Milwaukee, and Eric Lauer, not too freaking out about it, but man, the Padres could have used that guy last year when it comes to depth and whatnot. The Mike Clevenger trade? Mike Clevenger trade, I don't think necessarily is a bad trade. I think that it's unfair to malign A.J. Preller for that trade because it's viewed a lot differently if Mike Clevenger wasn't hurt, right? If he doesn't get hurt, that's two years of this guy who is at like a top 15 starter. At the time they acquired him, Mike Clevenger had the fifth lowest ERA in Major League Baseball. People above him were DeGrom, Scherzer, right? The big guys, the big boys, you know, Justin Verlander. And he was right there. It's very secretly when it comes to his earn run average. So he's a very quality pitcher. And then he has the Tommy John thing. And that's unfortunate. But is that something that you look at in the moment being like, yeah, that was a bad trade? I don't think so. I think one that's a little bit easier to look at as a bad trade is the Austin Nola trade. Austin Nola has barely played all that many games for the Padres. And among other things, yes, they got Austin Adams and stuff like that. But they gave up Ty France. And Ty France is a beast. He's going to be a hitter's hitter for Seattle probably for years to come. And man, oh man, would I prefer him instead of the current first baseman. Hey. Prove me wrong this year, Mr. Groundball Gremlin. I would greatly appreciate that. But unlikely, especially given the contract. That's a big black hole, right? And then you take into account him signing him to such a big deal. You take into account signing all these guys to big deals. The trade for you, Darvish, good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm optimistic that he'll have a little bit more of a consistent year. But man, second half last year just completely fell off. And he's on the books for a lot longer. So they're going to have to hope that he's not going to fall off just yet. We need a couple more years out of you. You know what I'm saying, Mr. Udarvish? So hopefully he can do that. And then Blake Snell, Luis Patino didn't set the world on fire. But that was a top-level prospect that you gave up and sent to Tampa Bay. Right? Some people will now point out to, well, they won the Tommy Pham trade. It was originally the Tommy Pham trade, but they got Jake Cronenworth out of it, right? And they gave up Hunter Renfro, and it's like, yeah, whatever, though. You know what I'm saying? Can Xavier Edwards become a top-level prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays? We'll see in due time. But at least as of right now, because of how good Cronenworth has been, even if Xavier Edwards turns out good, the Padres still, like, at worst, it's a stalemate trade that worked out for both of them, right? They got talent for the future, and we got talent that ended up working right now. So thank thank the Lord for Jay Cronenworth. But when you look at it from that perspective, guys, you're just you're using up a lot of ammunition. And the fact that we're so excited about some of the Padres guys, right? We're so excited about Mackenzie Gore. We're so excited about Robert Hassel and of course CJ Abrams, right? I'm not necessarily saying that I think CJ Abrams is the next Trey Turner, you know? Or the next Francisco Lindor. Or the next heck, even Jorge Polanco in terms of just to start. You know what I mean? Like this is, that's not necessarily what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you like to have a farm that's built up that way, that way you can move along. 
let's say this. I've said this point on the podcast a lot. Let's say Jake Cronenworth comes out this year and pulls a Glaber Torres for now. Granted, this is my East Coast uh, geography kicking in, but Glaber Torres, his first two years with the Yankees, power, unbelievable power. Everyone would say untradeable. Last two years now, all of a sudden they have to bring in Isaiah Kenner Falafa because they're like, this is not going well at all. What if Jake Cronenworth all of a sudden this year were like, oh man, are we sure he's that great? It would be really great to have C.J. Abrams right now. You don't want to have that question necessarily. It's nice to adjust, and I know you can't necessarily see it now. Even I can't see it now, right? We don't know what's going to unfold over the next bunch of games. But blowing up the farm for Brian Reynolds, it's not a move I will hate. But it's not a move that I'm going to be out there. And I know I'm pulling a, a little bit of a, a medium diplomatic approach to answering the question of the podcast. But it's not a question. Uh, uh, a move that I'm going to be cheerleading on and bag bandwagoning on and saying the Padres need to do this absolutely whatever it takes. Because in fairness, they've been the losers of a, a decent amount of trades lately. And if you're wondering, well, how do we know he's going to cost that much? Well, reportedly, the Pittsburgh Pirates were asking for Julio Rodriguez from the Seattle Mariners in exchange for Brian Reynolds. Julio Rodriguez, a consensus like top five prospect in Major League Baseball right now. Probably going to debut with the Mariners soon. Probably going to debut. He's been awesome. The Seattle Mariners have a top-level system for a reason, and Julio Rodriguez is one of them. And that's a piece they were interested in. They're probably going to ask for C.J. Abrams, and then they're probably going to ask for a bunch of pitchers. I know Reynolds would be an upgrade, and I know that it's really frustrating that the Padres were the it team, and they just sort of fell off. But I would like it. I'd I'd obviously be very excited to trade for Brian Reynolds, certainly. But I'm also like, I kind of just want to wait. I feel really good about the hassle, gore, you know, Abrams kind of combo. And Campuzano, out of all the prospects, in fairness, the Pirates do have catching depth in some way. You have Nola, you have Caratini, and you have Jorge Alfaro, for whatever that's worth. I talked about him on previous episode. But I'm just saying, at least that's a little bit more stomachable. I just really feel like you don't want to trade those guys, man. I think you want to bring up with James Wood, right? Even with your Uribiel Angeles, Right, you're Ethan Elliott. You just want to have a little bit of a farm that isn't predicated on only a couple guys that you're hoping are only depth guys. You want to have some guys in there that you're like, these could be stars. You know what I mean? Not just depth guys. You gotta have a good solid farm to move in the future. So me, wouldn't be annoyed by it, but man, am I holding my breath that they don't give up too much if there was a trade that uh, goes through. Personally, I think that it's a little bit likely that the Marlins get in on this. Maybe even a, you know, White Sox or something like that. I don't know, but. That's just me. I just don't see it happening. If the Mariners were reluctant to pull the trigger, I think the Padres should be a little bit too. Um, I just, I'm not into it, man. I'm not into it. Personally, I know that he hasn't even been in spring training and only recently have the um, the contract negotiations restarted. Nobody knew where he was. Apparently, he was rehabbing an injury. Michael Conforto, it seems like, especially with the fact that he's so late and that opening day is like next week and he hasn't you know, done any spring training, might only be a year for this guy. What if it was like one year, 14 mil? Personally, I would much rather that move for the Padres. I know it's a money thing and we have to, you know, because the Padres do have a high payroll, we don't know how much more ownership is willing to cave. But personally, if I if I had a choice, I would really like to take a flyer on Conforto for this year. I do. I do. Because then all of a sudden next year, some more free agents might be available. Maybe there's some more packages. Maybe farm system guys like your Elliots, like the, the lower tier of the farm. Maybe they start building up. All of a sudden your farm looks a little bit more enticing, right? You just have more options instead of going right now, especially in a division that's going to be really tough this year with the Giants and Dodgers. But again, that's just me. Maybe I'm an idiot. 
Let me know what you guys think uh, in the comments section below on YouTube or tweet at me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O or what have you. Um, or of course, at LO underscore Padres. Yeah, we'll see guys. We'll see. Opening week, man. We're right there. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. As usual, find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno and at LO underscore Padres. And like I said, subscribe to YouTube. Trying to get to 300 subscribers soon. I know you guys might be. Hey, if you, you turn to YouTube, you see my new haircut for once. I forgot to mention that at the top of the pod. Hopefully you guys have a great April Fool's Day and what have you. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.